Good morning, everyone. Hope everybody's having a good Sunday. So, Carrie was supposed to be here this morning, but unfortunately, uh, I got a text late last night around 10 p.m. saying that she is stuck in Iowa um, with some car issues and is unable to be here this morning. Um, so, here I am. Um, I had to start thinking through late last night um, what I should share or what I could share with you um, on short notice. Uh, but I am excited to share with you this morning. Um, I am committed to this church. I am committed to you. Um, I know what this community has brought to my life, to my family's life, and I know what it's meant to a lot of you as well. Um, so I'm very excited to be here sharing with you um, this morning. So I will admit um, on short notice this message might be a little scratchy, um, but I know that there is a lot of good in it and I know that whatever it is God will um, be speaking through me um, and I pray that your hearts will be open to that this morning um, and that I will not get in the way and I will not hinder the message that he wants to bring to us this morning. So with that, uh, let, us, uh, let me open us in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the beautiful weather outside. We thank you for the end of summer and what that means and the beginning of fall and what that means. Going back to school for the kids and, and for, for jobs this uh, next couple of weeks. Um, I thank you that it's a time of change. It's a season of getting back into the rhythm of things. I pray um, that you will guide us as we move into this fall period. Um, I thank you for the word this morning that you have brought um, to me to share with the community. I pray that your voice um, will be heard. I pray that our hearts will be open to that. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Morning. So this is, for me, the time of year that I like to start to reflect. Um, I start to reflect early, um, usually around this September period, um, reflect on what the year has been so far, uh, personally, as a family, uh, for work, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Um, I like to reflect on what I can focus on for the last quarter of the year. Um, to re-engage in things that I have wanted to commit to or uh, check off things that I was hoping to achieve in the year um, or start to reflect on what changes I can make in the coming year um, as that. So usually that, that comes through um, in resolution forms um, and I know that a lot of people do like to make resolutions on a yearly basis. Um, um, this last year, I made a few resolutions. Um, I do like to make resolutions. Um, the first one I made is I wanted to lose a little bit of weight, um, as a lot of people do. Uh, I wanted to be more healthy for myself as well as more healthy for my kids um, so that I could be a little bit more active. Um, and COVID has actually allowed that to be 
a little bit easier. Um, working from home, I've had a little bit more time to um, go for a run or go for a bike or uh, work out in the little home gym that we have. Um, I have some work-related goals, um, but those unfortunately have been put on a temporary hold until next year. Um, as some people know, or most people know, I am in the travel business. So again, it's been a little bit of a difficult 18 months for a lot of those uh, work-related goals, but we'll get back to them. Um, and then the last goal that I have is actually, uh, I'm on my fifth year um, of having the same resolution. Um, back in 2017, I decided that I wanted to read a book a week. Um, and I can happily say that now I am going on five years of achieving that goal, and I don't see a stop to that. Um, I never read a book in high school or elementary school or in college or even after college. I can probably say f from start to finish of a book, I maybe read two in my entire life up until 2017. And that was something that uh, I, it just came to me one night that I wanted to start reading. Um, and I've, so far I'm now 244 books in a row, um, which again is, is a big thing uh, for me. And it's something that, um, it, again, it's, it's easy to move away from or find an excuse or get away from, uh, but it's something that I'm very proud um, of myself. And sometimes if we step back um, and look at our goals or our resolutions or our desires um, from that endpoint, from the 244, they can seem pretty brutal or pretty impossible or pretty giant. Um, our hearts, our desires, what we want are there, but getting to that end point can often seem like there's a giant task in front of us or it's an impossible task in front of us. So what stops us? I was looking at some um, data late, late last night and I was actually looking at a Strava study. So again, if you are in that fitness world, you're pretty familiar with Strava. Um, they put together a study of trying to understand what resolutions look like throughout the year and how often do they get completed or at what point do people stop trying? Um, and it was interesting to see that of, I think they studied about 33 million people um, that use their devices or their applications or whatnot. Within the first two weeks, that number had dropped already to 71%. So within the first two weeks of committing to a resolution or committing to a goal, we've already lost about 30% of those people that have either made excuses or lifestyle has changed or whatnot. So we're already down 30%. Within the first month, so again, if we're looking at New Year's resolutions, by the end of January, we're down to 64% of people that are still going. After six months, we're below 50%. And then by the end of the year, there are only about 8% of people that fulfill what they wanted to at the beginning of the year. And again, the heart, the desire, the need, the want for these things is there. There's something obviously that is creating that desire, that goal, that dream, but putting it into effect or looking at it from the end point, again, can sometimes seem giant or too big. 
So for every person, um, what stops us, the wall, the blockade, is different, and it can be ranging. Lots of different circumstances in life happen, uh, but for everybody, it is different. But there is a similarity for all, um, and that common factor is what stops us is usually a pretty big, unattractive, and strong giant um, that comes into our lives. It blocks us, it shifts us off our path, it turns us around, it knocks us down, um, it stops us from achieving that breakthrough, that success that we were originally hoping to do. Again, our heart is there, the desire is there, but every morning when you wake up, there can often be that giant that is waiting for you um, as you wake up. It's trying to scare you off. It's standing on the other side of the valley, taunting you, telling you of your past mistakes, telling you in 2020, in 2019, you wanted to do this, but you didn't. This is 2021. I don't see how there's going to be anything different. So again, lots of that taunting of the past mistakes, past failures, past attempts. But we do have a daily decision. Again, a decision to choose to get up. A decision to empower yourself. A decision to step forward. And a decision to fight. So we have that daily decision. And life, for me, consists of daily decisions. Again, the decisions I made yesterday are not going to help me through today. It's my decisions today that will help me get through today. And it kind of reminded me last night as I was preparing for this that, um, again, one of those old um, children's worship songs, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And that was just kind of processing through my mind as I was putting this together. The giants we face each day, again, do not have power over us unless we give them power. I have the first move to make each day. I can choose to believe that all that that has said about me and try in my, uh, to live my life within that mindset, or I can choose to take faith in who God has called me, choose to run towards that giant and be successful. Nobody knows what will be in store for us for these last couple of months in 2021. I can say that because looking over the last nine months and looking over the last 18 months, we've all been surprised, right? The last two years have definitely taken us all uh, aback um, and made us think a lot about life and how we live and everything surrounding that. We have all been made to trust more than we ever have empathize more than we ever have, love unconditionally more than we ever have, give more than we ever have, and hope more than we ever have. And one thing for certain is that we're always going to be facing these giants daily. Last week, if you were here or listening online, I asked you to think about who your heroes were. I mentioned that many soccer players in my childhood were my heroes, but the truth is that my absolute hero is a man who knew what it was to be looked over. He knew how it felt to be forgotten. He knew what it was like to work diligently and honestly. He knew what it felt like to give his heart to God and to find peace in that. He knew what it was like to succeed. 
but he also knew what it was to fail horribly and fall short. He knew what it was like to face giants on a daily basis, and he knew what it was to be a man after God's own heart. My hero since I was about 14 years old to this very day is David from the Bible. So if you would, there are some Bibles in front of you. Um, We're going to be speaking from 1 Samuel 17 this morning. The scriptures will be on the screen as well. But if you like to follow it along in the Bible, 1 Samuel 17. And this morning I wanted to share with you the four steps that David took to defeat his giants. Not steps as in what we can do, but steps physically in what David did to defeat his giant. So step number one, David humbled himself before God. The first step, the first physical step that David took was that he humbled himself before God. The first step that he took when he faced his giant was a step down, a step back. David lowered himself to recognize Where does my faith come from? David identified that in God, and he found his strength in that. That was was in God that he found his life. It was God that led him. It was his faith in God that enabled him to have that expectation. He knew the promises of God for himself and for his people. He knew that God would provide. And before he made any move, he made sure that he was right with God. 1 Samuel 17, verse 37. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Then if we jump to 1 Samuel 17, 46. This day the Lord will deliver me, uh, deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and I'll cut off your head. David says that to Goliath. David did not step out into battle trying to win off the victories and the courage of others. He knew that this was his battle and it could only be fought how he knew. 1 Samuel 17, 38 to 40. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put on an armor, he put on a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand. He chose five small stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in hand, he approached the Philistine. For me, I just think of Sawyer trying to put on my clothes, right? Trying to put on one of my jackets, trying to put on my pants, trying to pick up things that are much too heavy for him. And then visualizing him trying to trot off into battle. Again, that's not going to work because that's not his weapons. Those are not how he was raised, how he was born. 
his characteristics, his traits. We all have tools, weapons, personality traits, characteristics, talents, and skills that are unique to ourselves, unique to you. And it's these traits, characteristics, talents, skills that God has placed in your life to see you succeed in all ways. Your battle cannot be won with your best friend's tools. Your battle cannot be won with your spouse's tools. They might help to give us inspiration and lead the way, but you are going to have to step forward yourself. Step two, David ran toward the enemy into the valley. So step one, David took a step down physically. Secondly, David then took a step forward in faith. In our spiritual lives, the reason why we go to the top of the mountain is not that we can stay there, but it's so that we can be changed and we can go back down into our lives and bring glory to God from there. David saw that this was his time. David saw that it was the time it was his time. No longer were the people to be fearful and dominated by the illusion of a giant in their lives. So what did David do when his opportunity was calling? He acted. He took a step forward. He took a step in faith. He took a step in God. David had an expectation. He was prepared in his own way. He was equipped with the tools that God placed into his life. 1 Samuel 17 verse 48 As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. That's always kind of been in the back of my mind. And I love that piece about this story. David ran toward the giant. David attacked the giant before it could even do anything. David's fast action created an element of surprise. Goliath would not have been expecting such a small boy to charge him, this giant. Step number three, David disabled his giant. So he took a step down. He took a step forward in faith. And then he took a step into battle. Defeating our giants can often get messy. Battle is messy. There's no such thing as a clean battle. They're not always going to be an easy task. And this might be why we often back down because we don't have the energy to fight or we don't have that yearning to get messy. David knew that it would take everything he had to come out victorious, to come out blessed. Once the telling blow had been made, once that strike had been inflicted by David, We can often settle in our thinking that the battle is finished. This could be, oh, but how many times do we see in the action movies and uh, The Patriot is one of my favorite movies, Mel Gibson, Heath Ledger. Um, How many times do we see in action movies, and this still gets me every time I watch the movie, I'm trying to yell at the TV, stop, stop. When the villain is lying on the ground in a, lifelike, in a lifeless state, only for them to attack 
once the guard has been dropped or once the back has been turned. When the hero thinks everything is over, the villain strikes a blow. And this can be the same in our lives. We can often walk away and turn our backs thinking that all our hard work has paid off. Everything is done. Then all of a sudden, up jumps the spirit of pride or up jumps the spirit of lust or greed. And this can be extremely disheartening to find ourselves all the way back to square one after all that hard work. But again, we can learn from David. 1 Samuel 17, 49 Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into the forehead and he fell face down in the ground. So here's David, victorious. He could have raised his arms in victory. He could have celebrated in triumph. He could have ran back to the Israelites and to Saul and said, look what I have done. I am victorious. I have defeated the giant. He could have expected the battle to be over. But David knew that the battle is never over until the giant is completely dismantled. 1 Samuel 17, 51. David ran again and stood over the giant. He took hold of the Philistine sword and drew it from the sheath. Again, this point, David ran into battle. Goliath didn't even have a chance to pull out his sword from the sheath. David is the one that pulled Goliath's sword from the sheath. And after he killed him, David cut off his head with his own sword. David disabled his giant. He removed the head of the giant. He gave it no chance of a second wind. He gave it no chance to lay on the ground in that life less states only to attack when we turn our backs or when we think the battle is won. Step four, David put the giant's weapons into his own tent. So David took a step down. He took a step forward in faith. He took a step into battle. Fourthly, David took a step for the future. After the battle, you might be thinking that finally, that is it. The giant has been defeated. The giant has been disabled. What more? What more do we do? Again, let's learn from David. He knew that in times of need or attack, victories from past battles can spur on future victories. The one-mile race throughout history has always held an unbreakable binding upon every runner that has stepped onto the track. Since the first time in a professional race, uh, sorry, since the first time a professional race has been recorded in the event of the one mile in 1852, every runner dreamt of being that first person to run one mile sub four minutes. Every racer trained, every racer dreamed, Every racer attempted and every racer failed. Until the 6th of May, 1954, after 102 years of trying and failing. The Englishman, you probably know him, Roger Bannister. He became the first man to ever run a sub four minute mile. He ran three minutes, 59.4 seconds. 
Victories from the past battles can spur on future victories, not only for yourself, but for others. A mere 46 days later, his record was beaten. After 102 years of people trying, Roger Bannister broke the record. 46 days later, somebody else broke it. To this day, the four-minute barrier has been beaten by over 1,400 athletes in timed events. And in the 65 years since it was first surpassed, the record is now 17 seconds faster. 3 minutes, 43 and 13 seconds. Roger Bannister's effort unlocked the door for many runners to achieve. It was a state of mind that allowed them to move beyond the barrier, move beyond the wall, move beyond the giant that was standing in front of so many people. In the same way, the lessons learned in our own lives and the weapons gained can be used for future battle. 1 Samuel 17, 54, part B. David picked up the Philistines' weapons and put them in his own tent. And if we turn a few pages to 1 Samuel 21, verse 9, this is a conversation that David is having with a priest, and it says, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, take it. There is no sword here but that one. David said, Yes, there is none like it. Give it to me. This was the making of David the leader. Victories from past battles can spur on future victories, not only for yourself, but for others. 1 Samuel 22, verse 2. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him, gathered around David, and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. It took a giant to bring out the leader in David. The giant in his life made him stronger. It equipped him greater. It gave him purpose like nothing else could have. And although these giants stand opposed to us, they might taunt us, they might mock us, they might block your path, they might tell you in the morning not to try because you failed yesterday or failed the day before. We need to see them how David saw Goliath as an opportunity to bring release and freedom and an opportunity to bring glory to God. Again, that's why David did what he did, was to bring glory to God. God will position you to face what you fear so that with Him you can become fearless. God is interested in the areas where you are weak so that He can show Himself as strong. And as we enter into the fall and the final months of 2021, there's a potential for a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of pain, potential for giants to block you from moving in the direction that you want and the direction that God has called you. But remember, David, a shepherd boy who no one expected anything from, he took a step down and he humbled himself before God. He took a step forward in faith. He went up to the mountain so that he could enter the valley. 
He took a step to the sable. He gave the giant no second wind. And he took a step for future victories. He put the weapons and the lessons learnt into his own tent for the future. And with that, I want you to remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.